listening to PR Hangover, a podcast brought to you by Grand Valley State University's chapter of PRSSA. I'm your host, Olivia Dolly, and I want to thank you for choosing this podcast to hear your PR Hangover. We as humans fear the power of uncertainty and how oftentimes, especially in our college years and our younger years, we're not entirely sure what's going to happen. You know, we could start off in one field and end up in the next. We might start in one job and decide we don't like it and then feel like our life is completely over. But this week's episode of Pure Hangover features Mac Smith. Mac has done just about anything and everything. She is an ultra runner, um, an elite Spartan athlete, hybrid athlete. She's competed in the CrossFit Games. She's hiked the whole 500-mile Colorado Trail. She's done just about everything and anything that any outdoorsy, athletic, determined person would want to do. And more often than that, this is people who work in public relations who have this bigger goal than what they might be able to envision for themselves. So this episode of Pure Hangover features a micro-influencer who started off her platforms um, uh, utilizing TikTok and other social media to promote her and her brand. She started out during the COVID months when everyone was on TikTok and it was becoming this really big thing. And she speaks upon her experiences using these platforms, talking about a little bit about some of her tips and tricks for people who might want to start out in content creation. But on top of that, she also just talks about her experiences in college and life. Mac is now a life coach and a full-time content creator. And we'll talk more about that throughout the episode. But basically, she has some really great ways of looking at life from a very simple yet enjoyable perspective. Not only that, but she also has her own podcast, which we will talk about more throughout this episode. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome to you, Mac Smith. Mac, I am so excited to have someone who kind of knows a little bit about podcasting. And to be completely honest, um, I was definitely fangirling before this episode started. So I am very excited for you to be here and to just get some of your insight and share some of your experiences with us and the listeners. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to be here and I'm happy that we were able to make it work. <laughs> yeah, so you do just about everything from like hybrid athletics and like OCR racing to being a 4.0 chemical engineer student <laughs> like and then a TikTok star and just like you you literally do it all. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I I like to say, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> That's a great description. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, I was listening to your podcast a little while ago about how you were in Europe and then were you in then Hawaii? Um, and then like, I just like, like I was listening to it on my long run and I was just like, I like I'm winded just listening to all of this. <laughs> I, I've definitely had the craziest last four months. Like it's been nonstop, go, 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 like Hawaii to Los Angeles to Europe. And then it's nice to be back in the States though. I definitely yeah, appreciate for sure. it. And you're in Arizona right now. Yeah. So I, I'm originally from Phoenix. Um, the last two years I spent working in Malibu, but then I quit my job or I went on leave for three months and then formally quit about a month ago. 
And I came home from Europe and I'm actually running a hundred mile race at the end of the month in Phoenix. So it just kind of worked out for me to be here for a couple of weeks, but I'm losing my mind. (laughs) No, for sure. (laughs) Oh, so, um, your, so your background is in chemical engineering. So, um, what made you kind of like want to go into that and kind of like, tell us about your experience in college. Yeah. So going into school, I knew I wanted to be an engineer. So my dad was an engineer. He's a civil engineer. And I, you know, I went on an official visit to Colorado School of Mines because I played volleyball in high school and Mm -hmm. they were recruiting me. I went there and that's a very engineering dominant school, like one of the best schools you can go to for engineering. But I went and I was like, I just don't love this environment or this atmosphere. I'm going to go to University of Arizona, which is in Tucson, started in general engineering and then picked biomedical, decided I didn't love biomedical and then settled into chemical, loved chemical. I I love science so much. I honestly, I just got a call yesterday from a recruiter for an engineering job in um, California. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll go back to like a nine to five and like work mm-hmm. in STEM again. But right. I loved chemical engineering. I loved my upper division courses. There were definitely some challenges, especially being a woman in STEM. Um, definitely experienced like quite a bit of sexism from more of my classmates, my professors, not as much, but definitely classmates would always look down on me. And then I actually did get sexually harassed in the workplace. Um, not once, not twice, but three times. <laughs> oh my goodness. How do you yeah. handle those kind of situations? Yeah. So The most major incident was my mentor at my second internship in college was like sexually harassing me. And it took a year for me to finally bring it up to management. I let it slide for a while because I had to get a job, right? Like this was the person in charge of me getting a job. His input meant everything. And I got a different job at a different company. So I didn't need that like I didn't need his approval anymore and I went to management and I said this is so inappropriate here's you know eight or nine months worth of text messages of like the things he would say to me and it it wasn't ideal mm-hmm. I would say wow yeah and I'm, I'm not, not like alone in this experience like so many people have you know oh tales from wow. STEM world yeah wow and that takes a lot of courage to like stand up for yourself and especially in like your work setting so that is yeah that's something I definitely I don't give myself well there was another guy who asked me I told HR about it and HR did nothing so then it was like what's the point of Mm -hmm. like reporting my mentor they literally like laughed at me when I told them so it I've been really hard on myself about it but now that I'm a little bit older and can look back on it I'm really I'm happy that I still I was an advocate for myself and Mm -hmm. For other female engineers so mm-hmm. wow. I, yeah I'm, I'm proud that of that really time important. now yeah that is yeah. something to be proud of for sure Thanks. yeah oh my goodness so um I guess kind of like outside of the workplace atmosphere what do you like to do for fun <laughs> okay the great question <laughs> what don't I like to do for fun I uh, I obviously um I mean work now looks a little different mm-hmm. for me now that yeah. I quit my job I'm a full-time content creator now full-time content creator. Um, I'm doing life coaching as well. So I'm running, a, it, it feels full, full-time energetically mm-hmm. life coaching. Business. Yeah. 
Um, and then yeah, athleting full-time. So, you know, the things that I like to do for fun are the things that are now my work, which is, that's so cool. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I like making little TikToks and I like, you know, going to the gym and I love going for my runs and, you know, video editing is something that's like turned into a creative outlet for me. So yeah, like snowboarding, surfing, being outside. I, I kind of do like a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I kind of found your content because um, I know that you um, you competed in CrossFit and you are in obstacle course racing. And that's something yeah. that I've always kind of been drawn to. And then I saw like, wow, like she's really killing it out here. And it really like inspired <laughs> me to kind of like pursue it a little more. Oh, no. Yeah, so. I I came into the sport. It was about a year ago that I won Spartan North American Championships for the 18 to 24 age group. So that was kind of like my first big race. And then I started racing elite after that. And I love the sport. I got a little burned out on competing in the last eight, Mm -hmm. nine months or so. Like I took quite a step back from competition. I was competing every single weekend, traveling every weekend. And then when I took leave of absence, moved into my car, I threw hike the Colorado trail. Like I I've just taken quite a step back from competition mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. debating there's a race in the middle of November. And like, should I race? I, mm-hmm. I can't tell if right. it's like what I'm ready for. And right. a lot of us are feeling burned out right now with mm-hmm. competition. So it's definitely been a common mm-hmm. feeling. For sure. Yeah. When you were hiking the Colorado through trail, <laughs> me and my friends were in Colorado at the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what if we run into her? Oh my God. <laughs> like, no. Wait, that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, Someone sent me uh, like a follower sent me a DM and it was a screenshot of her text messages with a friend. And the friend had texted her, you will never believe who I just saw on Monarch Pass. Like the woman herself, Max Smith. Oh my goodness. I was losing my mind. I was like, this is the funniest Uh. interaction. Like for her to send me a screenshot, it was so Uh, cute. That is really cute. Those are dark days on the CT. (laughs) So I know you kind of got back from the Colorado Trail a little while ago, but how are you feeling? Like that is a long hike. (laughs) Yeah. So it it was quite a process to recover from that. So for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what the CT is, uh, this is a trail that runs from Denver to Durango. It has 90,000 to 100,000 feet of elevation gain and a lot of people backpack it. So I decided to through hike the Colorado Trail starting, I believe it was middle of July. My dates are all crazy now. I think I got off at middle of August. Yeah. So I was on the trail for 28 days, which meant we were averaging about 20 miles a day. And I got very sick about 10 days out from the finish. I lost like a ton of weight because I couldn't eat. I couldn't recover from being sick because I was walking 20 miles a day. We were like battling the elements. Like there were thunderstorms every day. It was just the craziest experience. Like no regrets. I'm kind of thinking about doing the PCT now. (laughs) But I, when I came back from the CT, my body was trashed. Like I, I started running, I think maybe five to six days after I got off trail and nothing felt right. My feet were so achy. You'll hear about like hiker hobble and that's Mm -hmm. definitely a real thing. (laughs) People walk around like I I have a video of my friend Val doing it and it's so funny. Um, So my feet were just 
achy. My legs didn't feel right. And then it took about three to four weeks and it started feeling really good. Like Mm -hmm. running started clicking again. I've really Mm -hmm. been enjoying my running training for the last six weeks or so, which is good because when I first started running, I was like, oh God, like I have to run a hundred miles in 10 weeks. I don't know how it's going to happen, but (laughs) things are feeling good. We're we're two and a half weeks out. I I feel like things are clicking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any big races coming up? Yeah, so I well I'm actually racing this weekend oddly enough, but I'm not oh. <laughs> I'm not treating it as like a competitive thing. So I am I have 3 weeks until my 100 mile race. So October 29th I'm running Havelina 100 in Phoenix. So that means um you know, this is like the third weekend out. So I'm doing this like low key race. It's kind of choose your own adventure and you compete for points and stuff. It it sounds stupid, but I'm <laughs> I'm like whatever. Like might as well do my long run in a race format for this. So yeah, pretty much the 100 miler and then I don't have any racing plans after that. Just everything's tentative. This has been my A goal for the year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I'm actually doing like a marathon this weekend. Do you have any tips? Like I've never run this far before <laughs> and I Wait, just like yeah. What marathon yeah. are you running? Um it's local. It's called the Grand Rapids Marathon. Grand... Oh, so, you're in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in Michigan. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. my parents uh went to Michigan State. No, oh wait, I think I, I heard that on um Emma's podcast. So oh, that's so cool. Emma's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They both grew up in Michigan. Um, okay, first of all, congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. How are you feeling yeah. going into it? Um, pretty good. I've run um my longest run has been 20. So I haven't done okay. the full, obviously the full race yet, but um I've been tapering this week and it's been so hard oh. to like keep grounded. <laughs> Okay, tapering's the worst, right? I know. I know. You you get all kinds of weird little aches Mm -hmm. and pains, Mm -hmm. and running feels terrible all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking forward to my own taper. (laughs) I haven't had a real taper in a very long time. Um, I guess like the most important thing is fueling. So as long Mm -hmm. as you have a fueling strategy that you know works for you, that's like the most important thing. Oh yeah. I'm super big on intra workout fueling, like at least a hundred calories an hour, if not mm-hmm. like 300 plus. I have a friend who she's a pro Spartan athlete and she can do like 400 calories an wow. hour, which is like wow. a literally unheard of. I don't know a single other person that can take in 400 calories an hour. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Wow. I, I shoot for 250 to 300 mm-hmm. in my, I think my long run this past weekend was seven hours. I took in 2000 calories. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I was still starving. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Do you have any like gel? Do you use like gels or goos or anything? Uh, I mean, it varies lately. I've been using a lot of like real food. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it depends what you call it. I don't know if fruit, if gushers count as real. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They're not gels. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely eat like an Uncrustable in the middle of all my long runs. But <laughs> I love that. Gels are so great. Like when I was running the Boston Marathon this year, they had the Martin gels. Mm-hmm. Mar- they're really okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. They're weird texture, but they went really well, uh, went down easy. So That's yeah, awesome. it just depends what you yeah. practice with too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you haven't practiced with it in training, then it's hard to simulate that or like do that in race day. But that was a skill I had to learn like I've been doing this for five years now. So that was a skill I had to really adapt to. Right. Yeah. And then, um, so like covering more of like, you also do like functional training, CrossFit and everything. Um, how did you kind of get into that? Yeah. So I graduated college and decided to quit running. Like I, I had the wrong 
mindset for running. I, I was way more like competition results focused by the time I left school and it left me very burned out. Like everything in my life, by the way, when I left college was a mess. Like I was moving to Boulder with the ex-boyfriend that I like mm-hmm. broke up with like a month or two into it. Um, you know, graduating college is a very stressful time. You're just thrown into the world. I had my job already lined up, but there, there was a lot of just chaos at the time. So I stopped running. I joined Boulder CrossFit fell in love with it. Like the first time I walked in, it was just like being called home. Like functional fitness is definitely more what I'm natural at, I guess, than running, which Mm -hmm. is unfair because I work like 12 times as hard at running. (laughs) But I just, yeah, I just kind of started, walked into a gym one day and just absolutely loved it. And right now I'm actually not doing any kind of functional fitness training not since I've left Hawaii now I'm climbing for the month it just sounded oh, more fun like rock climbing okay. yeah that's yeah cool. yeah it is it's fun. so fun it's yeah. very applicable to mm-hmm. obstacle course racing as yeah well, so oh for I'm, sure yeah um my friends and I went to the red in Kentucky and oh, cool. they, that's like really big for rock climbing and I yeah. never like outdoor climb but it, it's mm-hmm. it's really cool Yeah, I so it's funny. I actually have a background. I used to compete in climbing between like fourth and sixth grade. My family, we would like drive to competitions like all over and I would literally compete in rock climbing. (laughs) So so cool. It's so fun. So I have like a little bit of a background in it. And it's been really nice to, you know, get back in a gym like from time Mm -hmm. to time. And right now I'm just thriving. I just love it. So yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So um, kind of like going back to that, is there anything that like with like everything that you do, um, do you have like a structure for like a work-life balance then? Um, well, <laughs> I, I've asked my content creator friends before for tips on work-life balance and nobody knows how to create balance. Like when your life and editing is your job, it can mm-hmm. be very difficult right now. So when I was working full time, I was much more like structured because I had to be, it was like, okay, I'm at CrossFit from six to eight. I'm at work from eight to six. And then I'm running six to seven 30. Like I didn't really have an option for like work-life balance other than mm-hmm. that. Now that I'm doing content full time, uh, you know, I try to be mindful of my energy throughout the day and just, um, figuring out what time of day works best for me to like, Um, Before this, I was editing a video and um, later today I'm going, well, I'm probably going to keep working. I usually get like very enveloped in one project. I'm like, I need to get this done in like two days. But it's yeah, it's kind of just like working with your own intuition as to how to spread your energy. It's probably the best answer. Yeah, for sure. Do you ever feel like you're overwhelmed with um, the amount of like content? Oh, I have to get this out or um, I have to do this. Yeah. Definitely. Especially when I was traveling, that was a big piece of why I was so burned out by the time I left Europe. I was trying to like run my life coaching business as well as, um, you know, creating content and editing videos and the podcast. It's, it is a lot like I, I won't say that being a content creator is harder than like being an engineer or, uh, this other girl I follow on TikTok was like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that being a content creator is harder than a shift at Chili's. And as somebody who has worked at Chili's, (laughs) I will say Chili's is harder, but this is more of a creative task, like a creative role. So 
yeah, there's, there's definitely like ebbs and flows with it. And I'm still pretty early into being a full-time content creator, but I'm like so bored right now mm-hmm. that I'm, that's probably why I'm considering this full-time job in engineering again. Wow. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like with that though, it's like a lot of people don't give it enough credit because I mean like, yeah, like they could say, oh, you're just like making a video or something, but there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot. I honestly didn't even realize I was always one of those people. I was like, oh, like being an influencer is dumb, like try being an engineer. And then when all my social media started like really taking off about, it was maybe March of 2021 was when I think, yeah, everything started taking off. And now that I'm like a year and a half into it, I'm like, no, this is like a legit job. Like you Mm -hmm. have so many things you have to worry about. And then like dealing with brands sometimes for brand deals, like going back and forth with them on editing and yeah, it's a lot, but you have to do the work that you enjoy and not – I'm someone who very much like does it all, but I'm not afraid to say no to doing something that I don't want to do. Like for a long time, I wasn't on YouTube. Like I only just started making YouTube videos pretty much when I was doing the Colorado Trail, doing daily vlogs, and now I'm like finding how I enjoy it. So mm-hmm. choosing the content that works for you, getting good at it, and then moving on to the next thing. It's like an important part of this. Yeah. Yeah. So when did, um, what like inspired you to start creating the content? Um, well, it's so funny. I, I, I was somebody who like consumed a lot of content. Like, I think we all do that. Um, when I was in college, I kind of had like an Instagram account just for like running and stuff. Cause I was too like timid to put it on my like main Instagram or mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. And then got off all social media for a bit and then basically yeah it was around March 2021 that I saw I saw this TikTok and it was like oh like literally just start making TikToks like it could change your life and so I literally like made my first TikTok like the next day and it went like crazy viral and I was like oh I guess like this is a thing and so I've kind of just grown through the process of like learning about social media like I could literally talk about like algorithms and social media strategies forever now like Mm -hmm. picking up on the patterns of things and learning and I actually encourage everybody to make content that you enjoy making like a lot of people are like oh I'd love to do that but I don't know where to start I'm like truly just just start yeah Yeah. just do it Mm -hmm. just start like my first TikTok is a mess and my first YouTube video is ridiculous and my first podcast like it's, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like literally just put something out there and you'll grow and learn. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Cause you can always like, you can start somewhere and then make those changes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Like adapt, like you should be growing. It, it shouldn't be a perfect product. Like so many of us get paralyzed in that perfectionism, but yeah, you, you learn, you kind of grow up on the internet because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I feel like with our generation as well, it's like, we kind of grew up on the internet. And so we're totally. all kind of just like inclined to do it. Yeah. Like I was in seventh grade, I think when Instagram like came out, like, and I'm like an older Gen Z, like I'm 23, mm-hmm. almost 24. I'm like an older Gen <laughs> Z. And yeah, we've grown up with our entire, like Snapchat came out in like sixth grade. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> these oh, are yeah. tools that, you know, uh, millennials didn't have and like our parents didn't have. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's not totally related. Like my parents, my dad especially, like doesn't fully understand the content creator mm-hmm. thing, but it's a job. It's yeah, an actual job. It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 
So um, kind of touching back on like the minimalism and like kind of like what it's taught you, how did van life teach you to appreciate minimalism and like just being happy with kind of like what you have? Yeah, I, oh my gosh, I look fondly back on the time I was living in a van. Like I kind of wish I still had it, <laughs> but I mean, I moved into my Prius for a bit. There's definitely something to be said for living with less and um you know really having possessions that you care about and love and use um you know my most prized possessions are like my backpack and my snowboard and my surfboard like mm-hmm. these are all items that play into this like labor of love like these sports I really enjoy so I think that van life is a great way to pare down your life but now that I'm not living in a van I still find myself like yearning for more minimalism like I'll Mm -hmm. go through I donated like so many of my belongings to move into my car like got rid of like my sewing machine my guitar like there were so many things I was like I don't need this like I live in a I live in a Prius I don't need this I just like donated it like Mm -hmm. yeah and this is crazy I don't even I don't have any race medals like I, I literally donated every single race medal. I donated my Spartan Delta that I, all my Delta, I think I had three Deltas, um, just like donated all of them. I like even the Boston medal, someone was like, oh, you didn't keep the Boston marathon medal. And I was like, why would I keep it? Like I live in a Prius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I kept, I you kept like run. some race bibs. Like mm-hmm. I kept the Boston race bib. Um, I maybe have a couple of those, but I just, yeah, it was a thing where I don't need this item to remind me mm-hmm. of this time. So wow. I was happy to let it go. Wow. That that is so I don't it's like more wow. That's just really inspiring. <laughs> I don't know. It just <clears throat> it's almost like you're doing it for a bigger purpose than just like doing it's not it. yeah. yeah. And I, it sounds so cheesy, but like yeah, it's not about the medals. Like I'm somebody I'm very self-critical and very hard on myself and you know, it's funny I so this past weekend I had like a DIY 50k as my long run and my parents were both like oh like great job that's awesome and then in my head I'm like it's just what I have to do mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah. not yeah. it's nothing to be celebrated it's mm-hmm. just like putting in the work like we just mm-hmm. have to do the work you know exactly so kind of asking for a friend um what would you just <laughs> how would you suggest for people who are looking to maybe like one day futuristically speaking live in a van yeah uh oh great question I mean it's totally dependent on like your means so if you can like buy a fully built out sprinter van for 100k or if you want to start really small and like find like a 2002 Dodge like I have friends on all ends of the spectrum so I think that There's a couple like personal factors that go into living in a van. Um, The most important being you need to know how to be uncomfortable or at Mm -hmm. least like be willing to be really uncomfortable. That was one of the driving factors of why I ended up moving into a van. I was, you know, deciding I wanted to get serious about obstacle course racing and sport. And it was just a way for me to just get fully into the zone with this discomfort thing probably too much it was a little bit like David Goggins like hardo stuff but (laughs) I definitely don't regret that period of my life because it made me who I am now um and yeah just kind of having like a willingness for adventure like independence is super Mm -hmm. important I did it alone like I don't have a partner that I was with I wasn't traveling with anybody else so 
yeah, like the independence piece is really important. And it's going to be scary, but you have to move through the fear. That's what a lot of people don't understand. They're like, I'm scared. Like, how can you run alone? How can you do these things alone? Like, aren't you afraid? I'm like, well, of course, there's like a little voice that's afraid always. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's being a human. There's always going to be a little voice back there that's a little afraid. But you have to learn how to work through that and actually discern, is this unsafe or is it just out of my comfort zone? Mm-hmm. I listened to your podcast earlier about how you spoke on um, people get this conception that like you're completely fearless and like you don't have any worries in the world. I get this all yeah people are like oh my god like I don't know how you live in such chaos like we never know where you're going next like you don't have anything planned and I'm like okay like I think people's perception of who I am is very different than who I am because Mm -hmm. like a lot of people don't know like yeah I was like a straight A student like perfect grades in my chemical engineering courses like had this full-time job at this like elite research lab. Like I, it's not an accident that I was very academic and structured. Like even now I'm living in the flow of, you know, whatever sounds cool, I'm going to go for it. But there's still with this long-term purpose in mind, like I always have something I'm striving for, like a person I want to be, or, you know, some kind of goal. Uh, I mean, I'm always, I, create a lot of goals but Mm -hmm. yeah I there's always a purpose to the chaos people just don't you you can't discern that I think from you know a a one minute video or we all put on a little bit of a persona online I try to be as real as possible but I think we all do like just a Mm -hmm. little bit yeah Mm -hmm. for sure yeah um do you have some tips that you learned in undergrad that you wish you would have known that you know now (laughs) um wait do you mean things I know now that I wish yeah yeah okay Okay. (laughs) um yeah wow so when I was an undergrad I was definitely like a fixed mindset person I was like I it's honestly a miracle that I did as well as I did because I hardly studied like I would study the night before an exam which gave me a lot of anxiety as you can imagine (laughs) like that was not Mm -hmm. a fun time for me but it was like oh, I just believe I have this amount of talent and like I can't get better with practice, which is a mindset I very much turned around. And I think if I were to go back to undergrad now, I would do it completely differently. I I would be definitely like more mindful of investing, you know, my time into studying and practicing and, you know, homework being more intentional with my time. Then again, when I was in undergrad, I was seriously stretched to my limit. Like I was training full time as well as being in school doing these chemical engineering courses. So I was definitely at my breaking point in school. So I kind of look at it as like I did the best I could. <laughs> I was in survival mm-hmm. mode. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you um were you able to just take like a step back and really reflect on everything you did while you were in school? Oh, I don't know if I've like fully I- I've given a lot of thought to my time in undergrad, mostly again, like being very hard on myself. There's a lot of things that I wish I'd done differently in undergrad, but I see the value in who it's made me now. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've reflected and I'm, it's made me grateful of the person. I'm so much happier now. than good. I was. In That's undergrad. so good. So like when people are like, oh yeah, college is the best four years of my life. I'm like, that was the worst four years of my life. Like, I don't think I would be friends with the person I am now like I just so less mm-hmm. secure and um 
yeah, just not nearly as fun to be around, I think, as I am now. Like, I really like who, like, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I like who I am now. Good. <laughs> I'm, like, that's so important. proud to be able to say yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, well, that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add just to kind of, like, just anything that you could share that would benefit someone who maybe is really struggling with anxiety or worries around school or what could, what's yeah. going to happen next? Yeah, I so especially as a coach, like a life coach now, the number one thing is everyone is dealing with something, right? Like we all have our own struggles. Like even somebody, I, I'm so big on like don't compare your life to anyone else's because you have no idea what's going on in another person's life. And but something I always say that has settled my own anxiety is. I came to the realization that no matter what decision I make, it's going to be the right one because I'm going to make it the right one. Like Mm -hmm. you cannot choose wrong if you're trusting your intuition and you know that you have the skills to work through it, like being flexible, being adaptable to the scenario, like don't fear making the wrong decision because the right one will make itself apparent. Right. You will make it the right decision. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, I've spoke with a lot of people who have said, you know, don't worry about job jumping. It's not as big of a deal as like older millennials have made it sound. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. No, hell no. (laughs) Yeah, go go to a job. See if it's something you enjoy doing. If you hate it, leave, leave Mm -hmm. six months, Mm -hmm. a year. It doesn't matter. Like do your time there, get enough of a feel of what the environment like, the environment's like, the culture's like. And then if it's not making you happy, it's not worth sticking around to like do them a favor. Cause everyone's always like, oh, like I was like this when I was quitting mm-hmm. my job. I was like, but what are they gonna do without me? Like, right. That's exactly what they want you to think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's you're not really so your problem. indispensable. It's not your problem. It is not your problem. You're worried that they're gonna be understaffed now. Well, maybe they should have like taken the steps to hire somebody before when you were all already overworked. Like mm-hmm. you don't owe corporate America or the company <laughs> you're working for yeah. Yeah. your happiness, your time, your energy mm-hmm. if it is not fulfilling. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's something that's really hard because we're worried that also, I mean, yeah, like we want to kind of like do something else, but then it's like, what are we going to do now? Sort of thing. Like, where's our next opportunity? Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny. I'm kind of sitting with that right now. Um, Formally quit my job a month ago and I was fully in this content creator, life coaching thing and feeling like a little bored and Also, I don't have a definitive end date for when I'm leaving Arizona. So that's giving me some anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to be in my hometown. Right. (laughs) But it's like, okay, this opportunity is coming up of like moving back to California to work in engineering again. And I'm like, okay, is it, is it looking like a good opportunity because it gives me an absolute way out and it's forcing me to have structure or is it like something I genuinely want to do? So yeah, being willing to jump in the unknown and just when you say no to the wrong opportunities, then that opens you up to the right ones. That's exactly. I like that a lot. Biggest. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. deep, isn't it? That's powerful. It is. I just read that in a book and I was like, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not wasting your energy on the wrong opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we all have that gut feeling of something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And so just recognizing that and really learning how to be in tune with yourself. Yeah. I, I always say like intuition is the most powerful gift that you have. Intuition will guide you to the correct answer every single time. But a lot of people aren't connected to their intuition because they haven't had to be. So it's about learning to recognize what your body's telling you and that gut feeling is always right. It's always mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. When has your gut feeling ever been wrong? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> really. Yeah. And it's it's difficult because sometimes saying no to like a, a good opportunity, not even a great opportunity, like it's not a bad opportunity. It's a good enough opportunity, but still having the discipline to say no to an opportunity that there's just something that isn't quite right. That's mm-hmm. important. That's mm-hmm. invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Always listen to your gut and stay true to what you know and own it. Stay true to what you know. And there's nothing more powerful than seeing somebody living just fully in their authenticity. Like those are the people that we admire. So like we should all strive to embody that. Do what's best for you. Exactly. Well, Mac, thank you so much for being here with us today. I am, I was very excited to know that you were interested <laughs> to be on. And I know that a lot of people will definitely be able to resonate with this as we're all struggling with something. We're all going through something. So thank you again so much. Yeah, it was so, thanks for having me. It was so fun. <laughs> that was an incredible conversation. It really got me thinking about something that I kind of noticed I kind of possessed when I was younger and I had this idea for myself and what I wanted to do with my life and it was always just one picture of me and what I thought that I was going to be when I grow up and there really wasn't a specific reason why I was like oh I want to be in business I want to do this and I was I want to do this and this but it was kind of more of just this is just this idea that I had in my head. I had no really questioning of why or reasoning, I guess, why I wanted to encompass this, but it got me thinking. And for so long, my whole life, I thought, you know, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to get a degree, and I'm going to work in this job for the rest of my life. But is that really practical for anyone? I feel like unless you have this burning passion for what you want to do, then there should be nothing that ties you down to one specific job in one specific area. And with this, you know, she started as a chemical engineer and now she's working as a content creator, two completely different things. And that's not to go to say that she might go back and she might decide I'm going to be a chemical engineer again or I'm going to work in chemical engineering but that's just the beauty of it is this day and age in this generational time period right now we are encouraged more than ever to find where our heart is and so that is where I'm going to end this episode on a good note um if you like this episode please share it with your friends share it with your colleagues or your students and anyone else who might be able to benefit from this and who might be struggling with finding where their heart truly is, or maybe they're interested in CrossFit or obstacle course racing or van life. (laughs) You know, Mac has done just about everything and anything. And I truly was humbled when she responded and she was interested in being on the podcast. I've been a fan of hers for a really long time. 
and she's just so humble with everything that she does and I can tell that her viewers can just tell where her heart is truly at. If you want more from Mac or if you liked this show or if you are looking to connect with Mac, I will leave all of her contact information in the show notes below. But until then, I'll see you all next time on PR Hangover.